I am a little bit excited because uh, not only am I returning to the Witch Car Weekly podcast, number 34 no less, after two weeks hiatus, uh, I'm actually joined by some fabulous individuals, as I always am, to discuss all the hottest topics from the week past, and in this case the past two weeks, because I'm having a bit of a catch-up. My name is Daniel Gardner and I'm joined in the studios at Bauer Media by two fabulous individuals. The first one is a very familiar voice, and it's that of Wheels Mag Deputy Editor Andy Enright. Good morning, stroke, afternoon, stroke, other. Whenever you're listening to this or whenever you're stroking and whatever you're stroking. And the second person uh, is a voice you might not be familiar with. It is the with what I've got down here as photographic genius. He's one of our photographers <coughs> at Bauer Media, excuse me, Nathan Jacobs. Hello. A very, very warm welcome to the podcast studio uh, for your first time. Thank We've you. We've got you in for a very special reason, and I'm going to explain what that is in just a short moment. Should I be scared? Uh, well, mildly, mildly. <laughs> um, on today's chat... Cars through a legend's lens, liked and loathed looks, and a world leader in lane legislation. What does all of that mean? As I always say, I don't know, but we're going to find out. Now, Nathan, the reason you're here is because, as I said before, you're one of our extraordinary photographers. If you happen to look up uh, any of our mags, anything on the website, anything, uh, basically any image, there is a, a high chance that you took approximately 33.3% of those images. Yeah, I'm That's one of the three, so... It's a rough approximation. Probably a bit more, actually, because you're, you're very hardworking. So, I mean, I'm not saying you're working harder than any other photographers, but you might be. Those other two are um, lazy lollygaggers, really, aren't they? <laughs> well, Ellen is on a seven-week holiday. So, so uh... she, yeah, okay, she's can't hear this. Let's hope she's not listening in the future. Um, we wanted to get you in, because as you, as you say, we, we have had Ellen on the podcast before to talk about the do's and don'ts of car photography, but we've got you in for a different reason. If there's anything you, any tips, top tips you want to give us about car snapping, then by all means. But we wanted to have a chat to you because, because as I remember in the words of Alex Inwood, uh, the wheels editor, when I was going out on my first ever shoot, he explained the importance of photography to me. He said, just um, make sure that everything is all screwed down for the photographer and everything is, he said, because the images are as important as the words. And then he paused and he said, Actually, they're probably a bit more important. So that is how, how instrumental and how significant your role is. Um, so we want to just have a bit of a chat yeah. about what it's like being a photographer and and just your work in general. Now, you have been with uh, car photographer for how long now? Yeah, so I started in January 2014 at Bauer yes. uh, for all the titles. So what does that make that five and a half years, Yes, I guess? Prior to that, were you or were you not photographing dead people's penises? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I strictly photographed any penises as such, but um, I did work as a clinical photographer um, at Melbourne Uni in the anatomy department. Is that right? And uh, at Royal Melbourne Hospital, yeah. Okay, first question is obviously then, what's the most similar thing about car photography to to anatomical photography? Uh, There's not much. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough. All right, okay, what, what we do want to ask a difference between, though, which might be a slightly easier question to, to answer, is the difference between mag and web photography, if anything, because you have to do both in your role. Yeah. Um, you're looking after all of the magazines we have, six in total, isn't it? And uh, and also all of our web demands as well. So what, are there key differences to the kind of the way you approach a, a shoot? Yeah, I suppose the biggest difference is when you're photographing for a magazine, there's a, a layout and there's a design element. Um, right. which you're constantly thinking about when you're actually taking the images. How is this going to sit on the page? Um, things like an opener um, for the yeah. for the article. Um, what am I going to do for that hero shot that's going to be spread across 
two A4 pages. So it's A3, you know, it's going to be um, opened up. It's going to be looked at um, quite large compared yeah. to an iPhone screen. And you're thinking about all these technical things like where is the text going to go? Yeah. You know, is the car going to fall into the gutter in the middle of the page? All that has to be taken into account. Absolutely. It? I mean, just the other day, we we're doing a three car shoot, and for some reason, something about three cars. We're <laughs> trying to get them orchestrated into a group shot. Um, that leaves space for a gutter to run down the middle is just, uh, it's it can be it frustrating. It sounds so simple, yeah. but actually it's, yeah. it's really, really difficult. Whereas, yeah, for web, you don't have to worry about things like that. Um, and I suppose for web, yeah, the, the images generally go into a gallery and it's just a slideshow. Um, so it's just image after image. So is it fair to say that mag is definitely the harder, the bigger challenge? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose also the size thing you're talking about, you know, the web is never going to be bigger than the size of a screen. That's and right. Everyone's looking at it on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, when you're looking at something at A3, it's it's going to be really um, highly scrutinized. Um, you can sort of really see the detail. So it has to be has to be good. Yeah. Um, and, well, I mean, and especially if it's got Andy or I in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see a lot of very unfortunate detail in that. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. The fussier uh, <laughs> the better. Yeah. yeah. So, there's, yeah, there's a big difference. Um, I think you probably put in a bit more effort when it's when you know it's going to be um, viewed that big. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, the design element is a big part of it as well. Like thinking about the second page, the third page. Where's this going to sit on the page? How big is it going to be? But despite that, you you sh- regardless of the size of the image, the end image, you shoot with huge files, don't you? You end up with yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose we always shoot in RAW, um, which is you the best way to get the highest quality out of your camera. Just explain um, that, because I remember not knowing what RAW meant. So to anyone who has knows nothing about photography, what does RAW, RAW mean? RAW is just that. It's just a RAW image straight off the sensor um, in your camera. So it uh, has to be opened with special software. Um, you have to process it and then create a JPEG out of that that can then be viewed on a phone or or printed or um, laid out into a magazine. But a RAW image, um, yeah, it's it allows you to manipulate the image a lot more after the fact. Right. So if you don't get the brightness quite right in camera, you can fix it later, things like so, that. But So the camera isn't performing any tricks at all. It's literally just taking exactly what was there. Yeah, the it's like shooting a negative on film. And, okay, then you can right. pros- and then you can print that negative, you can print it brighter, you can print it darker. Yeah, I see. Like that. Yeah. So it's got everything in there, even yeah, the things all the you detail. don't want. Yeah, and it's got detail in, in areas of the image that you might not even see in wow. the darker areas or the lighter areas, and you can bring that back in processing, cool. um, which is pretty handy. So what's your go-to kit? You know, people people out here are gearheads. They want to know yeah, what, what well, you're carrying out on a shoot that you couldn't do without. We're very fortunate as star photographers that uh, we're provided gear. Um, so I've got a, a Canon 5D Mark IV uh, Canon 1DX, um, all L lenses, 16 to 35, 24 to 70, 70 to 200 or 2.8. Um, I don't understand yeah. anything you just said. <laughs> uh, so it's all, all pro kit um, and yeah, it gets treated like that. Uh, it's they're definitely the tools of the trade. Yeah, and it, it, it lives quite a hard life because you're out in all elements and you're hanging out of cars in dust and sand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, it's good gear, and it, it does put up with a lot of uh, abuse. There's a lot of, yeah, getting wet, getting dusty. Um, I got clay all over them the other day from a, <laughs> <laughs> from a shoot that we might touch on later. Um, but, yeah, they, they get treated pretty rough, but they, they put up with it pretty well. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do for, for a photo? <laughs> 
At Bauer? Yeah. <laughs> in general. <laughs> say with your previous role, there must have been some pretty weird stuff going on there. Uh, oh, there'd, there'd have to be some there, but on the spot, I, uh, it's, it's usually older dudes that have their cars that want to, you know, asking, should I should I lay on the bonnet for you? <laughs> <laughs> to which the answer is always definitely not. <laughs> That's usually, ever. go on, yeah. Go on. <laughs> Knock yourself out, mate. Yeah, only if you've got your best bikini on. <laughs> Um, most challenging then what of, of the shoots you've done in the past must be thousands can you remember one that was particularly difficult for any reason um, <laughs> the weather always plays a part hey it's, oh, yeah. um, that can make a shoot just inherently difficult mm. um, whether it's just so, yeah, when it's sideways rain and you're trying to photograph cars or it just makes it near impossible um, there have been shoots where not only has it been raining sideways, but the cars are broken down and things like oh. that, where uh, it's very rare that we come, any of us photographers come away from a shoot without a good result, mm. but there's been one or two where you do come back and you haven't finished the shoot for, yeah, what, whatever reason it is, like the car breaking down. That, um, that great V8 thing that wheels... Oh, that was a hard one. That was hard. Yeah. That was just sideways rain down in South Gippsland. Wasn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Just, just horrible. It did not look like that at all. Oh. Yeah, we got a great cover out of it somehow, but um, wow. that was one of those days that it would rain sideways, Yeah, and then it'd be bright sun and then you'd have the sun reflecting off the road was, which would make things difficult as well I was so wet I think I came home with trench grundle from, from that <laughs> it was it was disgraceful now in yeah. your previous experience as a clinical photographer have you ever encountered trench grundle <laughs> yeah I've had to photograph that numerous times oh <laughs> no and you still haven't counselling for it so. oh god okay I'm going to have to move on from that image really quickly because it's not a pleasant one at all um, that's the thing that always surprises me about your work is that it doesn't matter how difficult it looks and the other thing the other skill oh god Andy's completely lost Andy's off yeah is that our new staff writer on wheels <laughs> is this your alias trench ground <laughs> Oh dear Lord above! Um, the thing that always staggers me is that is two things. One is it doesn't matter how bad things appear to be going, they, the results are always good. But the other thing is is that when you're setting up a shot, you're you're really good at directing us around in the cars, and you you see running over hills and up trees and stuff, and you, and you wonder what on earth you're doing. You'd be like just over there a little bit, and you're thinking he's absolutely lost his mind. And then when you see what you were doing, it's incredible. So that for me is the most amazing thing what you do is your vision of being able to, to imagine how the shot will look without actually having done it yet. Yeah, pre-visualize, try and say that right, pre-visualization is really important um, yeah. to try and think of what you want to achieve. Um, sometimes you, your brain just starts doing things and your body starts just doing things. and wow. um, you sort of, Autopilot. Yeah, it's almost autopilot. Mm. You just let things happen. Cool. And... Um, but you're right. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. You sort of, you have to come back with a result. Um, yeah. And there is a pressure for that. Uh, it can be stressful at times. I think the hardest thing is not knowing. Um, I, I get more stressed out before a shoot than on a shoot. Yeah. Um, because you can't, um, you don't know what the weather's going to do. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what the location's going to be. And that's the, the stressful part is not knowing or fear of not knowing. Um. One of our uh, previous journalists, I'll never forget, he said that because he's so used to reading other people's copy and subbing and reading, he cannot stop subbing. And he said, his, his line was, that he said, I, I sub my wife's shopping list. 
Is it the same for you? Wherever you look, do you do you just look at images and see the flaws, see what they could have done better? Are you constantly criticizing others' work? No, I try not to. I I, I think most creators would be the same as me. I criticize my own work right. much more than others, um, and I'm generally a lot harder on on myself, especially when looking at other people's work. I just think, oh wow, that's so amazing. Why why can't I do that? Or why don't I do that? Why are they so much better than me? Um, I think that's just part of the creative process um, and something that makes you want to be better. Um, but yeah, definitely harder on my own work than but, anyone else's. You know, I remember a period a few years ago where it was almost like a coming of age because there's a photographer in the industry called Thomas Wilecki who yeah. is oh. a very talented, very respected guy. Mm. And he was always a guy that Nathan looked up to. And uh, one day we got this feedback from Thomas that was like, wow, you know, who took these pictures? They're, they're incredible, the pictures in the mag. And we said, oh, it's Nathan Jacobs. And he's like, wow, he, you know, yeah. the guy's really good, isn't he's, he? He's come along. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he is. Yeah. I, yeah, I still struggle um, to even think that I've got anywhere. Uh, it's such a funny thing. You're always wow. just looking into the future and just trying to push yourself to the next level. Um, and hopefully I'm doing that. Yeah, Will's, Will's Magazine has got a special out this month called The Collection, and it's... Perfect. Exactly what it says. Yeah, it's a collection of all the greatest car photography over the last year or so. Um, it's on the shelves at the moment. Go and have a look at it because some of Nathan's very, very best work is is in that title. Um, yeah, it's. I good. can't do it justice. It is good cool advice. to see. It's a really good magazine. And and you, it's always a good way of telling someone's passion is if they do what they do for work when they're not at work. And you do, don't you? You, yeah. you just take pictures all the time. Um, probably a good point to drop in your social media handles. Yeah, uh, which ones? Uh, I've got a couple, but um, yeah, doing both. Mainly uh, underscore n Jacobs underscore on yeah. Instagram, um, and then I've got one just dedicated to some sort of just film photography and yeah. just personal work, which is Nathanalog. Uh, oh, so Nathan love Analog. It. Uh, <laughs> Even his social media handle is cool. Uh, that was I was amazed that was actually free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I like to get out and just just take photos for fun because that can be a hard thing when you do what you love for work, um, it yeah. does become work. Mm. Uh, I, I work Monday to Friday, nine to five. Well, when I'm in the office, it's nine to five. Yeah, well, <laughs> Shoots are very much not, yeah, it's not really, but, yeah. but it is, it's full-time, a full-time job. And um, when, yeah, when you're doing, when you're working with your passion, it's important to keep that passion alive. And so film photography for me, it's, I'm not always doing it, but when I do it, sort of ignites that passion again, just to get out and just take photos for the pleasure of taking photos. Mm. I'll just take photos of anything. Yeah. You know, a building or a flower, just just anything. Um, something, usually anything other anything other than cars, um, just to just to break up. I really um, enjoy yeah. your Nathan analog. <laughs> I should fantastic. post more. <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah, and if you if you haven't checked out Nathan's work, whether it be on our fabulous websites, in the mags, or on his own social media, then you you bloody should, because you're missing out if you haven't. Thanks. We're going to stay with the uh, the subject of style and visuals and aesthetics now, because we're going to talk about something that Andy uh, raised just earlier today. A great point, I thought, um, and it re- it regards the design of vehicles, doesn't it, Andy? Yes. Yeah. We. We mentioned in the podcast last week that we are working on a design issue at Wheels. It's a, it's one in the pipeline and it will be out fairly soon. But it got us thinking about design. And there are always those cars that are universally adored. And there are those cars that are universally hated. What intrigues me are 
the cars that you dislike that everybody else seems to love and <laughs> and you go but, but but what about that yes um so i was wondering if you had a few um we'd be interested to hear from you if you if you want to write in and let us let us know but i'm going to kick it off yeah, write yes, a please. letter please write a letter yeah. right yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah or you can use a carrier pigeon or my favorite smoke signals yeah <laughs> <laughs> or ultimately, you can go to witchcar.com.au and find us all there. That's yeah, where we just write. send us a, you know, slide into our DMs or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. Is that yeah. what the young kids say? Oh wow, <laughs> you can definitely tell who's the youngest person in the studio. <laughs> I don't, I don't slide into DMs. I don't know how to slide do into sentence. our slide into our DMs like a creep and let us know. What's Kick going. us off, Andy. What's your What's your first? Okay, it's I've a card. I got a few. It's a card that everybody loves. It's the Ferrari two eight eight GTO. Um, yes, and I I think this is fundamentally a good looking car, but there is something that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Oh no! Should and you be telling us? Oh, yes, yeah. I'm going to ruin this car for you. Mm-hmm. It's the door mirrors. Oh. It has oh. the world's ugliest door mirrors. They stick up like flags on the side, compared to like a 308 GTB, which has these little per tucked in things. The 288's mirrors are horrible, and they're done because they've got to see around those big flared haunches oh, at the course, back. So yeah. they are functional and they, they actually work well, but they are so ugly. Like the, the driver's mirror is like one inch back from the leading edge of the door and the passenger's one is four inches back. So they're, not, they're not even level. They, they're they're oh, really, no. really horrific. Well, once things. you see that, you're definitely yeah. not going to be able to yeah. I, I think they're even worse than that flying mirror Testarossa. You know, remember the 1985? Oh, yeah, no, that is extraordinary. With the mirror halfway up there. But that's okay, because that's kind of, that's almost a statement. You, yeah. And that goes yeah. nicely with the rest of yeah, the car. Yeah, people value those cars because yeah. of the mirror, but it's, yeah. a, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird curly cube, isn't it? On a yeah, vehicle. yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's, all right. Well, that's, you, I'm going to have to come back to you for another one in a minute, because that's only a okay. part of a car, which yeah. I suppose affects the entire thing. All right, I'm going to weigh it in with, and I think this is going to divide, um, the Citroen 2CV. Everyone goes on about how that car is wonderful, and it's not. It's a loathsome, hateful, awful thing that should have never happened. It's ugly. It's stupid. People who drive them say they're fun, which, of course, they're clearly on acid when they do that because they're not. They're slow and boring and stupidly thought out, and I hate everything about them. I hate them. I hate them. They are but ugly, apart from aren't they? That. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like yeah. the 2CV? Do you like oh, it? Oh, look. I've never driven one, so I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, comment okay. on well, how they drive. But to look at... I've never really been a fan, you know. They look like uh, they've been made out of an old barn. They look yeah, like someone's taken have. the roof and the panelling off. It's just, it's just. Yeah. They're, they're functional, but uh, there's no. There's is, there a, is there a beauty in the functionality of the car? I don't, I don't know. Um, well, yeah. I, almost, I almost died in a in a two CV. My, my, <laughs> of course he did. Of course. <laughs> my, my, my brother bought one, and uh, he was driving it home, and he hadn't mastered that sort of push me, pull you gear shift that they have—a right. really strange gear shift action. And, uh, we Something was, else is stupid. Yeah, we, we we arrived at, at these traffic lights um, on a three-lane road, and they, he just caught a red, so he braked to a stop in the middle lane of this huge road. <laughs> and then he tried to do this fast getaway when the light turned green and just accelerated backwards, <laughs> and the cars were coming, like, swerving around. <laughs> I, I thought, this is it, we're going to be uh, wiped out in this tin box. But I'm glad no. you're still with us, because it means you can give us another suggestion. If you've been killed okay. in the QCV, you will um, Alfa Romeo 8C Competizione. Um, a car that Top Gear, you know, lauded as mm-hmm. a piece of art, um, a beautiful thing. I think that car has aged horribly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it really has, isn't it? Yeah. But it, the it, Competizione, it was a it was a special, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, it just, 
the design language now just looks fat and squat and you see these weird things like the brake discs now look too small through those lovely big wheels oh, and, uh, yeah yeah when you put a number plate on the front of it it looks awful um is that one of the ones that you were allowed to put one on off to the side Oh, which is also another yeah, silly that, film. that was a fail by Alpha, wasn't it? Okay, and well, that, now you're talking about cars. Have you got anything more to say about the HC? Um, just one thing. Just there's, there's a you know the tiny little details that you look at and they just annoy you. The door of the HC it, it pierces this chrome trim sort of halfway up the window and it mm. looks really gawky. <laughs> um, I, I can't. I like the HC when it came out, but it, yeah, it's it's not dated well. I don't think. All right. Well, that leads quite nicely into my other suggestion, mm. which is a car that is dated. It's aged like a glass of milk. It is just, and it's not old yet. It is the Lexus LC. Mm. I, I, when that car first rolled into our garages here, I looked at it and I was like, just like everyone else, wow, that's amazing. It's an awesome looking thing. But it's awesome looking for the wrong reasons. It's like, it looks like a school project to design yeah. a car. It's like they've just taken all of the ridiculous hyperbolic features, thrown them all at one car, and it aged the day it rolled out of the showroom. It looks dreadful now, I think. Yeah, I I like that car. I've got a soft spot for the Lexus LC, but I I will agree with you that some of the styling is over the top, especially around the rear the rear lights. And yeah, it's just too much of everything. I think but, there's a lot of Japanese styling with um, what I call smudges. Oh yeah, and I just really dislike them. It's not just Japanese, actually. It's things like Ford Focus on the retail lights as well. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the Lexus LC has those smudges where uh, droopy eyes and yeah. all these smudges that just don't need to be there. Is, like um, little extra design features that just were drawn in after the fact, I feel. I love that expression. I'm going to totally use that. Is the rear end of the Mitsubishi Pajero Sport another example? Yes, <laughs> They're absolutely. Smudge lights, aren't like, they? What, yeah, what's with that? Right, like, good. What, it just doesn't need to be there. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. We recently just took out the new Toyota Supra. Um, and I actually took a bit of time to Photoshop out all the design elements that I don't feel need to be there. <laughs> oh, is, is it, does that include the little really? extensions on the headlights? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I actually um, sent them through, I sent two images through to uh, Inwood, the editor of Wheels, and uh, he thought sort he thought I was sending through two different uh, processing uh, options yeah. of of an image, and it wasn't until I said, "No, actually, look at the image. Like I've done a I've done a Photoshop of what I think the super should look like." This is very divisive, so um, I should be careful. But um, yeah, I just took out those design elements that I'm talking about—the smudges and the extra lines that oh, I just feel like I just added there to make wow. it. New? I don't know. I would love and, to see um, that. Can we put this? Can we put the image up on the story? Can we maybe we put that up on the web? I guess, yeah. guess so. Great. As okay. As, yeah. uh, as yeah. long as there's no issues with, I don't know. Oh look, copyright. Which, car, which <laughs> car Weekly is all about annoying people, so don't worry. Yeah, that's what we do here. I found it interesting. I just thought it was a um, it just created a more pure design. There is a lot going on on that Supra. Isn't yeah. There? Yeah, just too much. Yeah, just pair it back. There's a, a point bit. where they they should have they should have gone home a day early. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, it happens. Yeah, it happens with a lot of cars. Yeah, right. It's too much. Okay, I've got one more. That, yes, that yes, please. I, another car that I don't think is dated at all. Well, the 2001 Aston Martin Vanquish. No, it definitely hasn't. You're right. Um, that just yes. looks clumsy around yeah. the back. Yeah. Um, yep. I think it's one of the least successful of yeah. the Calamira Astons. Um, but was do you that, reckon the, some balanced the interior dated and looked cheap? And, I can't even imagine what the interior is like in one of those. Just like 1990s. Mm. Just but that's not—that's an example of one probably that everyone agrees with you on. 
So, or do they? I don't know. I'd love to be. I'd love you to tell me. Do well, you, he, well, he recently uh, returned to that car to, in, in to his finish own it. word, fix it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really? yeah. And he's, oh, he's done a lot of uh, design work on that vehicle That's... as as a. If I was project. a car designer, I wouldn't put that on my resume. I went back mm. to finish the yeah, job. To fix it. A car that is now 18 years old. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to blame like external things. Like, uh, yeah, like, of course, I, yeah. I didn't have the budget to do this or that. Yeah, that's right. We ran out of clay yeah. or something like that. But he's that. modernised it. And, uh, ah. I think opinions vary as to how successful he's can, been with that. Can I touch on one thing? I, re- I would I love think you to. In terms of it's not a particular car, um, but retro styling. Oh, just it's the been whole, around the since what Ford sort of started it in what two thousand and five with the with the oh, no, it's been, going, it's been going longer than that. Yeah. What's the example you're thinking yeah. of? The GT. The no, I'm just like thinking. That. No, just thinking of. Um, there's many, but yeah. um, the things like the Mustang retro styling. Is it getting old? The whole harping back to old designs, but um, new versions. I'm right. not saying I don't like it. I do like it. Yeah, a lot of designers get very sniffy about it. They yeah. see it as yeah, you know, it's uh, being creatively bankrupt. Yeah, it's like doing a live animation of The Lion King. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's still the same movie, isn't it? It just yeah. <laughs> updated animation. That's such a good example. Um, I love that analogy. It's it's a hard thing to do well. I think yeah. you know you could count on one hand the, the cars that have really pulled that off. Probably Fiat Five Hundred would be amongst them well, my yeah, argument is always you, you can't call your car retro unless there's been a break in between the last time that yeah. vehicle was offered so so the Mustang I argue can't be retro because it's been continuously available since the very first one yeah. uh, and nor while it was still around could you say the Beetle was retro because that car had been produced since the 50s yeah it's still the same it's but the, the Mustang harks back to a model from like three generations before like yeah, that's prior the thing. to all the Fox bodies and things like that I suppose so yeah yeah um, All right. Well, I've food got, for thought. I've got, I like it. I like mm. it. I'm going to be looking at it in a different way ever, forever now. Thanks for ruining retro design for me. <laughs> um, okay, I've got one which is the opposite, which is a car that everyone hates the look of and I love. Ooh. The previous generation, first generation Porsche Panamera. Oh. I liked that. It worked. You couldn't just make. I think the the current generation, which looks like a big 911 doesn't work because it looks like a big 911. You can't just have... you. It, that's what Mercedes does. All of its sedans look the same. They're just different sizes and everyone hates it. And that's kind of what Porsche's done with the pan. When it had its lovely big hump back, it looked purposeful. It was like it was like the hump on a 747. It was cool. But the first gen um, KN didn't work because they tried to make it look too much like a 996, 911, didn't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it, yeah. it kind of didn't work in that regard. So somehow you know, everyone's going, oh yeah, the Panamera looks great because it looks like a big 911. I'm like, no, that's not its job. Yeah, I think Porsche got a bit confused thinking that the 911 is their entire design language. Yeah. And it's not. Precisely. Like, the 911 is a Porsche model, um, but it's not everything. But yeah. they're trying to make everything look like... Um, like the KN, even they try to make look like a 911, mm. um, yeah. especially with the new coupe models. Um, it's like just yeah, back off the the 911 styling on all the models. Yeah, I do have one more from the previous uh, brief, which is cars that everyone seems to love the look of, and I don't. Very interested to know what you think about this, because there's a there's a chapter two to it as well. McLaren 720s. Yeah. Dislike immensely. Because it looks, it looked when I first saw that car, I thought its headlights looked like those, like a boxer's heavily punched eyes. You yeah. know, they're deeply sort of recessed, and they look like you know it hasn't eyes. had enough sleep. It just looks, it just looks. I, I like the drama of the 720s. I think I think it's sinister and and kind of malevolent, but it's not 
beautiful in the in the no. way uh, in the in its proportioning and surfacing, but yeah. it, it it's it's intricate and interesting. I think. Yeah, it's not beautiful in the way that McLaren can definitely do. Yeah, and that's the, that's why I have a problem with it. Is that it's not a company that's just forever been making fugly cars. It just it, this was a a bit of a blip. And if you try and tell me that the Senna is guilty of the same thing, then I will tell you you're wrong because that car is as you mentioned before, previously, Andy pure form follows function and you can get away with it don't tell me the 2cv does it because it doesn't that's just taking it too far it's just goading me that car but the the senna is really not a very nice thing to look at but as soon as you realize what it's doing then somehow it works yeah and okay another one that um follows that sort of trajectory is the h12 super fast i think that's ugly really ugly really because i think that aerodynamics have taken over from design, right, and all that sculpting and um, you know wonderful aerodynamics just take away from the ability to just sculpt a beautiful car. It's funny. I did look at uh, when I was looking through images of vehicles to try and come up with some of these semi-inflammatory suggestions. I did look at the 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 Ferrari, and I and I did think for a second, is that beautiful or is it too much? And then I just decided you're wrong, and it is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I find the 812 a weird car because it, yeah. it, it looks like a GT car, but it, it's really not. It's a supercar. It's yeah. so hard edged. Um, and I, I have to wonder if you if you don't find that car beautiful, what was the last beautiful front engine Ferrari? Four five six. You could be right. Yeah, you could be right. That was a stunner. Absolutely. Some some might argue that that was dated badly, but. Yeah, it needs bigger wheels nowadays, but then yeah. what doesn't? Because that was yeah. just the yeah. thing, wasn't it? But yeah, that was profoundly. I really quite pretty. liked the five nine nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. Maybe that was quite a pretty car. Oh, maybe not perfect, but way to, way to go. We picked a subject that's completely subjective, and you can basically disagree with what you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Entirely. Yeah. Um, I do have one more to throw into the mix. It's a car I can't decide about whether I like it or not. Uh, it's the Rolls Royce Cullinan, and the reason I can't decide is because I can't get far enough away from it to see the whole car. <laughs> you know I mean? It doesn't matter how far you go for the Cullinan, it's still too big and you can't see the whole thing. So good luck photographing that one. Yeah. You're going to need to be in a neighbouring state with a very t- long lens. I haven't seen one in space the telescope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in the flesh yet. So. Uh... Oh, you won't forget it when you do. Gentlemen, yeah. um, that's it for another week. Thank good you very Lord. much to wow, the wonderful that's... Nathan Jacobs. Do come back and tell us about all of your photographic um, accolades and adventures soon, please. Yeah, will do. If you haven't already, then check them out on social media and all over our website and magazines. Andy Enright. Thank you. Get out of my sight. (laughs) I will see you both next week. Thank you for listening. My name is Daniel Gardner. This has been Witchcar Weekly. Goodbye.